Are you looking to work at or create your own startup? Do you want to learn to be more organized in either the workplace or in your personal life? If so, you're in the right place. Join me on my journey of learning exactly what goes into operating a company. This is the Operate Podcast. Okay, well, welcome back all to the Operate Podcast. I'm really excited. This is the second episode. And with me here today is my first ever guest, Greg Livingstone. Greg is currently the Chief Innovation Officer at Fluitech International, and I'm really excited to have him on the show. Great to be here. Thank you, Elliot. Of course. All right. Well, Greg, I have a few questions that I would love to ask you about your position um, at Fluitech. And the first is, what is a day like in your current position at Fluitech? All right, well, my role at Fluitech is Chief Innovation Officer. And essentially what that means is, uh, it's maybe a, a fancier word for uh, business development. And uh, I am the bridge between our research, our brilliant minds we have in our R&D team and our sales team. Um, so a, a couple of my main mandates are to work with our researchers to invent and develop cool new technologies for our current customers. And secondly, to find new verticals and new industries that we can apply our existing technology to. Um, so it's a, it's a really cool role because there's always new things that I'm learning. Uh, it's also global in nature. We have customers in over a hundred countries and my role is, uh, is global. So I get to interact with, um, with a lot of different people all over the world and I am always learning new things. So yesterday, for example, I, uh, started the day off with one of our customers here in town that, um, uh, they're using our technology in a gas turbine that provides power to their uh, to the university. And then um, in the afternoon, I spent at a water treatment facility applying a brand new technology we've just developed to help solve a, uh, a machine problem that um, that continually that kept failing and, and were causing problems. So even the day in the office for me is fun. Uh, if I'm not traveling or not uh, interacting with our partners or, or uh, customers, um, because I work out of home. And, uh, but uh, in light of the fact we have a, you know, global partners, I often have calls, you know, at 5 a.m. or late in the evening to accommodate some of our um, uh, customers and partners around the world. Um, but, you know, a 5 a.m. call, isn't so bad when I can pull that off my pajamas. I just make sure I don't activate my video camera. <laughs> right. That's really cool. Uh, it sounds like you kind of have this really cool opportunity to uh, combine aspects, correct me if I'm wrong, but of both working in an office as well as kind of in the field. And it sounds like you're really hands-on in a lot of your work. Yes. And I, I th thoroughly enjoy that. And a lot of people, I think, uh, you know, working in an office job and uh, being in a cubicle nine to five is is ideal. I don't quite fit that mold. So it's, it's nice that I get to do uh, um, various different, various different activities. That's really cool. So my second question is, 
what would be one thing that you wish you knew before you entered your position? Um, in this case, it would be as chief innovation officer at Fluitech. What would be one thing that you kind of beforehand would have been really helpful to know? So I think the biggest thing is understanding the value of soft skills. And uh, and I think this is is relevant in my role um, where I've spent a, a, a lot of effort in my uh, in my role to become a, a technical expert. And, uh, um, but it doesn't matter if you are a, a software engineer or whatever your, your job is. It, um, I, I think if you're passionate about what you're doing, you can learn and become an expert and be very, very efficient at all of the kind of hard skills required to, to, uh, be successful at at least, um, at, uh, executing all the tasks that you have. But I, I think the difference between people that are, are really successful um, and, and people that maybe just stay in a similar role for, for most of their career is their soft skills. And, uh, and so, and I, I think even if you are starting a new company, I think a ma major part of the success of that is your soft skills. Um, so you, you, do need if you're a software engineer, for example, you do need to have some good, you know, programming skills, or you need to have some some good engineering skills. But if you're not able to communicate well um, and articulate your vision, um, speaking publicly is another thing that's really really important. Uh, listening well and uh, and overall having a high emotional intelligence. These, I think, are are often underrated skills, but is really a, uh, a a key differentiator between success and and maybe you know not um, not doing as well in your career or your startup as as you possibly could. And uh, and I think the other the other slightly related uh, part of this is your sales skills. And it really does not matter if you are a uh, a janitor or a CEO. Uh, you are always selling. And uh, so you're wondering why a janitor or how a janitor could be selling. But if you're not actually interacting in, uh, directly with customers, you're still always selling yourself. And I think that uh, it's a very, very important skill set for people to have. It, it There's, you know, if you take uh, business classes in college or get your MBA, there's not um, courses on sales. And uh, yet it's so critical um, and, uh, and people that excel and do really, really well on the sales side, you know, they also seem to have a, a strong set of soft skills and, and emotional intelligence as well. But I, I would say those are the two things that, uh, that I wish certainly earlier on, I wish I, I knew and understood the, the importance of those two things in, in uh, having a successful career. That's fascinating. Um, it's really funny, actually. A lot of in my kind of research into trying to find out how especially um, successful businesses and successful companies, um, what their inner functioning looks like. Um, and a lot of it has been talking about, um, especially at a startup, the, the difference between a, a startup that's successful and one that isn't isn't the necessarily concept, but the people. And a lot of what you're talking about reminds me of that, the soft skills, um, and especially the sales. I, I'm i not somebody who necessarily um, personally is going to be like, a, I, I don't plan on being a salesman one day, but I found 
it to be very true that sales as a skill is not just for salespeople. Um, and that is, that's really interesting. And that's really cool to hear you say that. I'll just add one one thing on to uh, to what you just said as well. You know, if you're if you're looking at uh, that the, your teammates and who who is on your team is so important, um, and you can very much you can look at all of the uh, th- their education and how bright they are, and obviously those are all really really important things. But I'll tell you one criteria that I think is is also really important. Um, if you're passionate about your job and if you're you're involved in a startup. A whole big chunk of your life is going to be dedicated to that, and you want to like the people you're working with. And uh, so, I always think back to Walt Disney, who had a quote that said, "You don't, you can't really train people to be happy. You just you hire happy people. And uh, if you have have happy, positive, enthusiastic people that are all sharing your vision, that also have a very strong skill set." Um, that just makes things so much more exciting and, uh, and creates so much more cohesion in your team. Um, so just to build on what you're saying, I could not agree more having your a core team that, uh, that not only, you know, has the ability to work well together, but, you know, has fun and, and, and gets along and, uh, um, and that are kind of generally happy people. Yeah, I really like that. And I like that quote. I actually hadn't heard that before. Um, it is kind of connected to this question I'd like to ask, which is, what is your favorite part of your job? What do you drive the most joy from in working at Fluitech? So I think there are two aspects of this, I think. Um, the first is that uh, when I come across a, a problem that a customer has, um, providing a solution to that gives me tremendous uh, satisfaction. And uh, and in most cases, what I find is that people have problems because they have been, uh, they have a certain mindset and they've been conducting business a certain way. And in fact, this may be contributing to why they are in this problem to start with. So to get to help solve this problem, it involves, you know, walking your your customer through a paradigm shift and having them look at the world through a new set of glasses and see, in fact, that uh, um, there is a different way that they can operate their plant or they can perform their job function. And uh, so not just providing a solution to them, but but allowing them to see the world differently. In our case, um, being able to use... Uh, um, some of the industrial fluids that they use forever and not having to change, say, their oil on a regular basis. That's something that I think we're, uh, um, that's very satisfying to me. And, uh, and the second thing is I love that, uh, at least what we're doing at, at uh, Fluid Tech, it's good for the world. It, it's good for the environment. It's a sustainable practice. And uh, at the end of the day, when I go to bed at night, I'm like, you know, I think, We've done something good for the world, and uh, um, that's something that's important to me, and something that uh, you know, I, one of the reasons that I, you know, I, I love the vision of our our company, and uh, and really kind of buy into the vision. So, those are the two things I think that I enjoy most about my job. That's really cool, um, and definitely from the research I've done on Fluitech, it is very clear that um, you guys are not just kind of providing a solution that makes more sense financially, but actually um, 
environmentally. And I think that's one of the reasons that I, I think it's so cool. Uh, my last question, and this is something that I, um, going forward, am, I, I want to ask all of my guests. Um, one of the reasons I started this podcast is because I want to kind of document my own learning. I'm still very new at all of this, and I want to learn as much as possible. So this question is, what is the best peri- what is the best piece of career advice you've ever received? Okay, so that that is a really really good question. I'd love that uh, you want to um, I ask all your your guests this. Uh, one thing I think that I found there is no shortage of advice, and so any any um, mentor that you ever get to work with that you will get overloaded with advice on hmm. uh, on how to build a good company and. And I would say, you know, some of it makes sense and some of it doesn't. So I, for me, I always, uh, I try to filter it and kind of filter that advice through my own kind of ethical lens and see how, how strongly it kind of fits with me. Um, but uh, two big pieces of advice that always ring true to me. Uh, number one is that uh, when you're, certainly when you're starting a company or putting together a business plan for a new, uh, you know, a, a new division. Uh, it, anytime you're going through this process, a key part of this is understanding what your burn rate is, what your, uh, how much capital you're going to need. Most businesses fail because they are undercapitalized. And uh, so a very important piece of career advice that I got in my first job <laughs> when I did put my first business plan together was you need to, um, you know, spend a long time working on the uh, your 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 financials and really having a deep understanding of your financials. Whatever you come up with for how much capital you need, double it. Then maybe you'll be okay. <laughs> but so doubling the amount of uh, initial capital, uh, I think, is a, a a good rule of thumb. The second thing that uh, has completely wrong true for me and also i would say for for most people that i work with you are you may work in a government job that uh, after 10 years you automatically bump up to a different pay grade and you get you get a, a you'll get a raise and there's a very structured way of doing this but in entrepreneurial startups and 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 um, even in very large companies ask for a raise you're not going to have somebody just give give you a raise arbitrarily in most cases. Uh, you need to ask for a raise, and uh, so I think that's uh, that's something I think that uh, um, was a useful piece of advice for me earlier on, early in my career, and uh, uh, something that I always I'd try to keep in mind. That's really helpful, and both of those are actually really insightful. Uh, something I have heard um, going kind of in line with the first thing you said, which is. There is definitely a lot of a lot of career advice out there, um, and being able to sort from the good and bad advice can be can be difficult, but also something that it sounds like a lot of people, um, while coming into their careers, that's another skill to build is being able to sort through really just terrible advice and um, something that's really applicable to you that that's useful. Yeah, yeah, very much. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on my podcast, Greg. It means a lot, especially that you are my first guest, um, and I really appreciate it. 
I was an, I, I'm honored to be your first guest. So thank you very much for the invitation, Elliot. If you're interested in following me on my podcasting journey, you can find me on Twitter at Operate Podcast and on Instagram at The Operate Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.